If you would this morning, grab your Bibles, turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16, we will read through verse 18. I know you just sat down, but if you have the means and you're able, I would ask you to stand to give reverence in reading the living and powerful Word of God. If you need to remain seated, that's okay. First Corinthians chapter 5, we will begin in verse 16. I'm sorry, 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 sorry. I've been, I've been in so many places this week. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5 beginning in verse 16. It says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You can be seated. Would you join me in prayer, please? Father, we come to you this morning, and Lord, we just pray that you have been honored in our songs this morning, that you have been glorified in every word that has has been sung. Father, I thank you for, Lord, the the people that you've put to lead us in worship, and I I thank you for uh, giving them the ability and the the anointing to be able to to pick songs that teach us, Lord, that um, edify our faith and glorify your great name. Father, I pray this morning that... um, as we get ready to go into the portion of, of uh, hearing from your word, that, um, Lord, you would teach us what you want us to know. Father, I pray that you would change us with it. And, Father, I pray, God, that um, we would all leave here different today because we've been in your presence. Lord, I know that it is impossible to truly be in your presence and stay the same. Lord, you will always change anything that comes in contact with you. And so, Father, I pray this morning that all of us would be able to leave here knowing that we have been in your presence because you have changed us today. Father, as we get ready to celebrate this Thanksgiving holiday, Lord, I pray that you would help us to to understand what it means to give you thanks. Father, I pray that you would help us to, um, Lord, to honor you in giving thanks the way that you deserve. Father, I thank you for this congregation, and I pray this morning, God, that, um, Lord, you would just um, help each one of us here this morning to, to get what you have for us this morning. And, Lord, we will be careful to give you the praise. We will be careful to give you the glory for it all. Forgive us where we fail you, but thank you for mercy. Thank you for grace. And it's in your precious Son's name that we pray. Amen. As I said before, this... Um, This week we are preparing to celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday that our forefathers actually started many years ago. Our service is going to be a little bit different this morning. I know typically you're used to me standing up here and preaching the whole time, but today I want to make sure that we go back and actually focus on the the original intent of the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, we're going to do that by following the guidelines of the proclamations that our forefathers gave us. We'll be looking at bits and pieces of one from 1777 that the Continental Congress gave us. Because, you know, actually when you think about Thanksgiving, what's the first thing that usually comes to your mind? All right. One of the first things that come to my mind is the picture of the pilgrims and the Indians sitting down at the table and eating together. When I think Thanksgiving, that's the first thing. And I feel like that a lot of times that's the reason why we have the tradition we have of gathering around the table, around turkey and around a great harvest. And so one of the first Thanksgivings that this nation ever experienced that I know of 
was whenever the, um, the pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock and after a, a good fall harvest, they came together with the Native Americans there and they shared in some type of meal. Now again, I wasn't there, of course, but some of y'all may have been, but uh, I wasn't there. But we, um, we, we think about that. But truly, where we actually get our Thanksgiving holiday today comes from um, the forefathers that actually put this holiday in place. One of the first ones that we read about came from the Continental Congress in 1777 during the middle of the Revolutionary War. And it was during this time that they made a proclamation that it was our duty as mankind to acknowledge with gratitude and grateful hearts and just give Him uh, grateful expressions of our hearts um, for Him being our great, bountiful Father. And so that was just one of the first proclamations that we had. And in this proclamation, it was included that as we express the gratefulness of our heart, that we go to Him in prayer and that we confess our sins and that we pray for our nation and we pray for our nation's sins and that we um, pray for our schools and we pray for our churches. And so there are several things that are outlined in each one of them. And what I have done this morning is I have decided that for each one of these topics that we see in these proclamations, I want to ask someone to come up and pray this morning for the purpose of getting back to the origin, uh, original reason for this Thanksgiving holiday. Um, as I said, it was in 1777 where the first one was nationally proclaimed by the Continental Congress. And then there was another one in 1789 that George Washington proclaimed. Then there were many more after that, but the other one that I researched was in um, 1863, I believe it is, where Abraham Lincoln, in the middle of the Civil War, actually made a national Thanksgiving proclamation and they actually stated in outline what they were asking the nation to come together and do. And one of the things that they said in it is that they wanted at one time and with one voice for the people of this nation to come together and offer up thanksgiving and prayer to our gracious Father for whom we owe all things or to whom we owe all things. But unfortunately, y'all would know that as many other things in this nation, we have fallen way short of that. You would know that it's like many holidays. It has fell into a holiday that we just um, uh, basically do our traditions. Uh, we go shopping or we get together with our families. And again, it's not necessarily that those things are evil in and of themselves. Family is good. Uh, buying gifts for one another and wanting to do good toward others is not an evil in and of itself. But what I'm hoping to do is at least start with us in this church to bring us back in to the purpose of thanksgiving. And so that's what we're going to try to do this morning as we look at a few of these. Um, just a few things that I want to read to you. One of them comes from the 1777 Continental Congress. And in this proclamation, they asked that a day be set aside for the entire nation so that at one time and with one voice the people may express the grateful feelings of their heart. And then it goes on to say, And together with their sincere acknowledgments and offerings, that they may join the confession of their many sins and ask God through Christ to forgive them and blot them out. And so again, what we see in this is that thanksgiving and prayer are tied together at the hip. As I read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse, 8, verse 16 through 18, listen to it again. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now think about that. The Apostle Paul, he's not saying that this is it, but he is saying that if he was to sum up for you how to live your life as a Christian in the will of God in Christ Jesus, it would be to always rejoice. It would be to pray without ceasing. And it would be to give thanksgiving in all circumstances. And so this morning, with God being our gracious Father that He is, and with us having the knowledge this morning that every good and perfect gift we have comes from where? It comes from Him. 
And with us having the knowledge that we are sinners and we're enemies of Him, and yet He still blesses us the way that He does? If God will give you His only begotten Son, is there anything that He will not freely give you? And so when I recognize the mercy and the grace that God has on my life, and when I recognize that as a traitor He has brought me into His family and set me at His table and made me a fellow heir with His only begotten Son to rule over His kingdom with Him, when I see what God has done, it's easy for me to rejoice always. It's easy for me to pray without ceasing because I understand how much I need Him. And it is easy for me to give thanks in all circumstances because I know if He'll give me His Son, there's nothing He won't give me. And so everything He does, He's working together for my good and His glory and I trust Him in it all. And so this morning as we look at these statements, I'm going to bring different people up to just lead us in prayer. My hope this morning is this. I'm hoping that your minds won't idle off somewhere and start thinking about something else. I'm praying that as people come up here and pray, that you will join them in prayer. And as I give you the subject that we are praying for, it is my hope that the person leading you in prayer will just jog your minds to be able to say your amen with them, to be able to pray along with them, and to be able to express the grateful feelings of your heart for all that God has done for you, both in material, temporal blessings of this world, but especially in the sacrifice of His Son, Christ Jesus, that gifts us with an eternity in His eternal kingdom. The next thing I want to read to you comes from 1789 when uh, George Washington said this in his proclamation. He said, It is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God. It's the duty to recognize and acknowledge uh, the provision that God gives us. It is our duty to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and to humbly implore His protection and His favor over us. In 1863, this is what Abraham Lincoln said, and I'm just quoting a few things out of it, and I'm done. He said, I invite the nation to set apart and observe this day of thanksgiving and praise to our benef beneficent Father who dwells in the heavens. I recommend that while offering up thanks that are justly due to Him, that they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience and implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation? Would you agree that's a good thing to pray for today? And to restore our nation as soon as may be consistent with His divine purposes. You do understand that He is sovereign, right? And as bad as our nation is today, He knows what He's doing. But we pray that He would restore it. And we pray that He would restore it to the full enjoyment of peace and harmony and tranquility and union. And those are some great things that I believe it would be good to begin with us this morning to express our hearts to Him in sincere humbleness this morning. As I looked at all these proclamations, here's the first thing that came out. They all ask us to pray and express the grateful feelings of our hearts toward God for His many undeserved blessings that He's given. I don't know about you, but I'm a blessed man. And I'm not just talking about because I have a house or a car or a job. I'm just talking about the goodness that God shows to me every day, the breath that He gives me, the health that He gives me, the ability that... I'm a blessed man. And I know that I don't deserve it any more than anybody else. You know, when we go over to Guatemala and we put roofs on people's mud huts that literally when we're standing on the side of it trying to put the roof on me and Chris Pope almost knocked the entire wall of the house over you remember that the entire wall we almost destroyed a Guatemalan's home just because we were trying to put a piece of tin on because the the wall would barely stand up and we sit back and we ask the question what was it about me that God saw fit to put me here and to give me and bless me the way that he has done, and yet put that man in Guatemala over there with hardly nothing. What's the difference? 
Did God look at me and see that I was going to love him more? No. You want to know the difference? Grace. Grace. That's it. Undeserved mercy. It was God's choosing. It's what God decided to do. And he did it so that I, it would overflow out of me into Guatemala, into Camusville, into Pulaski, into Giles County. He blesses us with His grace so that it overflows from us and it extends from us and goes out to others. And I pray today that you recognize how blessed you are and that as uh, Brother Nick is going to come and pray for us this morning, I think it was you who was doing this, right? As Brother Nick comes and prays for us on this subject this morning, I pray that you would acknowledge the blessings that God has given you and I pray that with your grateful hearts that you would humbly and um, with, with great enthusiasm express your thankfulness this morning for all that your God has done for you. So whenever you're ready, Nick, come on up and I'm going to set a microphone down here. Um, I don't often pray from notes. And I say that to tell you that what we've done, what I've done, is taken the proclamations that Kevin gave us all a copy of and noted the things in there that our forefathers required or requested for us to come together and pray about. Because it's easy for us to get off track in thinking that holidays are what they represent to us or what they've been in our lives. When the reality of it is they were, they were set aside for a whole different purpose. And that whole different purpose is to remind us to be thankful to God for what He's done in our lives. So I went through those proclamations and took a few notes and, and, and to remind me. You ever sit down with your prayer list? You ever make a prayer list and sit down with a prayer list? so that you don't forget somebody. I do, that, I do that all the time. It's normally on my phone throughout the day. As I get prayer requests, I'll type their name into a list. And then at the end of the day, I'll take my phone and sit down with my list and pray and, and read off those names. That's, that's what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to pray the things that they proclaimed in their proclamations that we should pray. And these are the things that we should be grateful for. So if you would, pray with me. Father and our God, first of all, we humble ourselves before you just to, to thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, we, we humble ourselves to say thank you for your provisions. Thank you for the innumerable blessings that you cast down upon us. Father, I thank you that you choose to smile on us with your grace and your mercy. Father, I pray that in this holiday season, in celebration of thanksgiving, that the church as a whole will unite at one time with one voice to express grateful feelings that you place in our hearts. Father, we come to seek your continued protection and favor. I pray that we will come together in rendering to you your own sincere and humble thanks for the care and protection and for your favor and your blessing. Father, I pray that you will forgive us that we often forget to thank you for every blessing. We forget to thank you for your protection. We forget to thank you for your favor, for your mercy, for your grace. And I pray, God, that you would forgive us for that that we sometimes forget where it all comes from. Father, right now, I thank you that even while dealing with us in anger for our sin, that you always remember mercy. Father, I thank you for your grace, and I thank you for this opportunity that we live in a country, in a nation, that we can freely stand up here and publicly worship you, serve you, and thank you. Father, we love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Thank you, Nick. <clears throat> the second thing that I, that, that I saw as I went through these proclamations is that as Nick prayed for forgiveness and, and, and that we're prone to forget where our blessings come from. I mean, how many, let me ask you this. How many days do you get up and go about your day without first stopping to acknowledge God and just pray? I'd say for many people, that's a typical day for you. You just get up, you just take off. We are so prone to forget that the very breath we breathe comes from our Maker. And so I'm thankful that, um, that, that we have a day that, that at least starts with us to bring us back, to, to, to put us back in remembrance of where it all comes from. But the next thing that we see is that they ask us to pray for forgiveness of our many personal sins. They ask us to pray for forgiveness as a nation for our perverseness and our disobedience to Him. Would you agree that as a nation we are definitely a perverse nation and a disobedient nation unto God? Without question. And so we pray this morning for forgiveness and, and implore Him is the word they use for forgiveness for our perverseness and disobedience to Him. And we humbly ask Him to restore us back to Him. Um, in the 1770 proclamation, this is what it says. That they may confess their manifold sins, whereby they had forfeited every favor. Does God owe you anything as a sinner? So we confess our many sins, whereby we had forfeited every favor, and we humbly and earnestly ask that it may please God, through the merits of Jesus Christ, to mercifully forgive them and blot them out of remembrance. And then in the 1789 proclamation, George Washington said that we may unite in the most humble offering of our prayers and beseech Him to pardon our national and other transgressions. And then finally in 1863, <clears throat> Abraham Lincoln said this, While offering up their ascriptions that are justly due to God for His blessings, that they may also with humble penitence ask for, our, for forgiveness for our national perverseness and disobedience. So again, we see that in every proclamation that we put out. And so this morning, I want to ask Mr. Nathan Peterson if he would come up and pray for our many personal sins and for the sins of our nation and that God would restore us back to Him as a nation. As a nation, you know, we're supposed to be a nation under God, right? And it is my prayer that we can that we can come back to that. Let us pray. Father God, first and foremost, I just uh, thank you for your Son, God, for the sacrifice that He did on the cross for my sins, God. In order for us as a country to to get past this mess in we need to start realizing the sins that we have in our homes, the sins that we have in our hearts individually, God. We as a country cannot unite together to, to serve you, to praise you, to be blessed by you, God, until we confess our sins. Like Kevin said, we live in such a, a perverse time to where it's quite obvious many have not been seeking you this whole time. Right now, we're in a time where we're, instead of uniting through you and through your son, God, we're uniting amongst each other, worried about who's going to be elected, this and that, God. Um, that one song, uh, Revival Starts With Me, God. The only way us as a country are going to move forward is first acknowledging sins in our own personal lives, God. I pray we as a country, that's, that's the only way our leader's going to change. That's the only way we're going to see laws change about abortion, God, about the homosexuality, about all the perverse things going on, God. Revival's got to start in the heart. And we as Christians need to just unite, God. Pray for each other, God. There's so many suffering right now because of the sins of a nation, God. And we think just because we're in this church, we're not guilty. We're guilty because we're not doing what you tell us to do, God. 
That's going out and spreading your word, spreading the love of your son, God. Telling the people about their sins. Instead of condemning it, we're justifying it. I pray, God, you be with those who are suffering during these times, God. We're seeing our children right now, lives being turned upside down with the school systems, God. Uh, with having to do schooling a whole different way. We're seeing history books being changed, God. We're seeing what our nation was founded upon, which was you, God, being changed to better our feelings, God, so we can live how we want to live, God. I pray, God, you just start revival in our country at home, in our own personal lives, God. I pray people see the need for Christ. It's not the need for a certain president. It's not the need for a certain benefits we have, God, because we have nothing without you. We're blessed to have anything. We deserve nothing. I pray, God, that we as a country can unite and get together to, uh, to live in harmony and peace like we should. And the only way that's going to happen is when we acknowledge our sins, God. I pray you be with uh, our leaders, God, starting in Pulaski on the way up, because that's how they get there. They start small, work the way up. I pray, God, that you'd start here at home, God, leaders' hearts being changed. I pray, God, that we, uh, we, we don't look to what's best for our political position or what's best to make us move up or make us feel better, to make us have better things. God, I pray we do what's best according to your word. And I pray we as a church, God, if we have any sin in our lives, God, I pray we just confess it, God. And I pray if we see someone sinning, God, we just... Uh, Go to that brother or sister, God, and just confront them about their sin. God, because we have to do this together, God. We know you'll get the glory in the end. And you're, how it's going, it's going your way, God. But we have to do our part, God, to be obedient to your word. Again, God, just thank you for your son. Thank you for the sacrifice that he gave us, God, that that freedom that we have through him, God. And I pray that we use the opportunity that we're in now as a country to remind people of that, to, to show them God's word that our only hope is in Christ. And then through that, maybe one day, God, we pray that you'll bless our nation again, God. Turn our nation back to you, God. Lord, we love and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 <coughs> The third thing that, that I saw as uh, I studied these proclamations is that as, um, as Nathan began to pray for was for our leaders, our national leaders to be inspired with wisdom, for them to be fit under God to lead us as a nation under God. And this is exactly what it says in the 1777 proclamation. Listen to this. We ask God to inspire our commanders both by land and sea and all who are under them. Inspire them with that wisdom and that fortitude which may render them fit instruments under the providence of Almighty God so that they can secure for this U.S. the greatest of all human blessings, independence and peace. And we're slowly seeing those two things which is the greatest, I like the way he put it, of human blessings. And yet we slowly see these beginning to fade away. And it is our prayer this morning that, that God would inspire us, and give us leaders that are inspired and that they have wisdom and they have the fortitude and that they would be fit instruments. Whether it be, and again, I'm not trying to get into the election again this morning, but whether it be Donald Trump or whether it be Biden, my prayer is that God, would render them to be a fit instrument. And you better believe he can do it. He can do it. And so that's our prayer this morning, is for all of our leaders and for all who are under them, that they would have the wisdom and the fortitude to be fit instruments to lead us under the mighty hand of God. Mr. G. Wilbanks, if you would. And while he's coming, I want to read you one more statement out of the 1789. Listen to what George Washington said about it. We asked that God would render our national government a blessing to all people 
Wouldn't it be nice for your government to actually be a blessing to all people? By constantly being a government of wise and just and constitutional laws. Amen. Whenever you're ready, Jim. I'm, I'm kind of like Nick on this. I ain't never really prayed from notes before, but I, I had to write them down to get out what I wanted to say or what I felt needed to be said according to the assignment. So uh, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and we just humbly ask forgiveness, Lord, as a nation, as a people, Lord, as individuals. God, we're, as a nation, we're going through trying times, much like we were when these proclamations were, were done at the start. Lord, we recognize that you are sovereign, that you build up nations and you tear them down. Dear Lord, we've begin as this blessed nation um, and you say we are blessed so that we can bless others we not only as a as the nation of America Lord are we blessed but we're also blessed as a nation of Christians as the country of Christ, Lord. And for those blessings, we are also to bless others. But God, we've allowed things like fear of man, uh, political correctness, and those other things to creep in and to weaken us in our fortitude, in our willingness to serve you. You've warned against those things, Lord, against... Uh, mingling with other practices of other nations. We've allowed the yeast to come in and to leaven the whole loaf, Lord. And for that, we ask forgiveness. Lord, we offer up thanksgiving for our many blessings because we are nothing except blessed. We offer thanksgiving in accordance with your word as it is mentioned several times to give thanks to come into your gates with thanksgiving, Lord. And we do this humbly in your presence. Dear God, Solomon, he prayed for wisdom. We pray for wisdom as well as individuals, as a church. And Lord, we pray it over our leaders over our elected officials that we have selected to lead us, Lord. Uh, we pray that they turn to you, that they come to you in all humbleness, asking for mercy and for guidance and for wisdom, that they may lead people, uh, lead your people to lead this nation, Lord, uh, into a better future as you have ordained for us, Lord. Lord, we pray for our soldiers and sailors, marines and airmen. We pray for their commanders. We pray for just and righteous decisions on their behalf, whether it's split second on the battlefield or in plans for battle or defense, Lord. We pray for the uh, policemen and the uh, firefighters and the medical personnel whom... Uh, are out there fighting battles for us every day, God. In your word, you say, blessed are the peacekeepers. And we ask for blessings upon them as well and for your guidance and mercy upon them. Lord, we ask this in forgiveness of all our sins. And we thank you for just taking the time to give us the gift of prayer, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The fourth thing that we come through to in these proclamations is that our economy would prosper. 
You know, I, I don't believe it's wrong for us to, to pray that, um, that God would prosper us. Um, again, it's not that we're trying to, to build a kingdom in this world. It's not that we, uh, we, we believe that this is our eternal home by any means. But I do believe that, that there is nothing wrong with asking God to, to provide us with good things. And so in, this, uh, in these proclamations, we see that they pray for our economy to prosper, for God to bless us as He alone knows best. And He does. He knows how to prosper you for what's best for you. We pray for people's trades. We pray for their businesses. We pray for the farmer that his land may yield its increase. And so these are some of the things that our leaders ask us to pray for on our Thanksgiving Day. In 1777, the Continental Congress said this, that it may please him to prosper the trade and manufacturers of the people, and it may please him to prosper the labor of the husbandman or the farmer, and that our land may yield its increases. In 1789, the, George Washington said, we pray to enable us, whether we are in public or private sectors, to perform our several and relative duties properly and punctually. In other words, that as we're at our jobs and God blesses with us with jobs, that we would serve Him in there properly and punctually. And then in 1863, Abraham Lincoln said this, We commend to His tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, sufferers, in a lamentable civil strife. And we all know that was during, uh, at, in the middle of the Civil War. And many had become uh, widows, many had become orphans, many had become sufferers as a result of it. And so we're praying today for those that even though we're not in a civil war in this context, but we are still in a, in a nation today that, that, that suffers and that have people that are without jobs or without, not able to provide the way that that they need to be able to provide for their families. And so our prayer is for the people that are, are widowed and are trying to um, do the best they can, our, the people who are orphans and are depending on others to help them get through. Uh, our prayer is for um, people who are suffering today from loss of loved ones, husbands or wives or whatever the case may be. But we pray for our economy and her people, and we pray that God would prosper it as He alone sees fit. And I've asked this morning for Brother Bobby Powell, if you would, to come on up. And um, Bobby's going to lead us in prayer for this cause. Let us pray. God, I'm so unworthy. So unworthy to even stop and call out your name because you're such a holy God. You're an all-righteous God. You're an all-loving God. But I just pray that you've forgiven and let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable to you this morning, dear God. And this may sound like a selfish prayer, but it's not meant to be. And your word says that there's a need if we ask that you hear your children. And we're, we're asking and standing on this by faith this morning, dear God. And it's already been mentioned that the greatest gift of all has already been given to us. And your son, one who not only gives us an abundant life here on this earth, but an eternal life in the heavens hereafter to all those who believe. And so, Lord, this morning, I'd ask you to render a blessing upon the trade and the manufacturers of this U.S. and the worldwide and the people and the people that labors to do this. Again, the farmers that, Lord, puts their hands to the plow, to the steering wheels of the tractors, and God, their sweat becomes their trademark. And your word says, as a seed is sown, that's what the, the harvest will reap. And God, I pray good seed, good seed be given to these people that's working your lands. And God, let that land be an increase. 
God, it's already been a testimony this week I shared this morning, and God, you know it. And I'm so unworthy to even again stand here and even talk about your blessings that you give us. But this week we weighed some calves, and they were just so good. And I had asked for forgiveness, Lord, as you know I did, because I looked at them, and they were so good. And the lad didn't know there was a virus. The grass that the cows ate didn't know it was a virus. The milk that the cows gave didn't know it was a virus. And you gave, you gave, you continue to give when we're so undeserving. And God, we just need to sometimes get out and look at what you provide for us. The simple things of life, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, I could have reared back, stuck my fingers under my arm and said, Lord, look what I've raised this, this year. But forgive me, God, I cannot breathe without you. And God, let that land again provide an increase to this nation. And I'd pray, God, Lord Jesus, that you would you would render us a knowledge, a knowledge of where where we're in public or whether we're in the 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 back room and and the secrets of our prayers, that you let us act as your children, as godly children. God, we be thankful for those things when we're on top of the hill, but when we're in that valley likewise, and God, we're walking through a valley right now. We're walking through a valley, and God, this is a time that we need to yield ourselves unto you, Lord Jesus, to the Lord, to the one that has all the answers, that has all the solutions to our problems, not the propaganda of man, Lord Jesus, but the word, the living word of your word that's in the Bible, Lord Jesus. God, we look at this and we ask these blessings in a temporal manner. And God, we're not asking for wealth because our wealth has is, is, is just been able to satisfy you and give you glory and honor through our our lives, Lord. And But God, you're a provider for your people and we, we do we ask that we also commend those people that to us this morning that lord it's been so many that has been hurt through this virus and other situation and as kevin already has named off he named off the the, the widows and the mourners the orphans and god again all the people that have lost their jobs i can't imagine lord jesus because Jeanette and i you as you know you've blessed us so much we've always had jobs We've never been out of a meal. God, God. Why do we deserve it? Why, Lord? It's because you love us. Because you care for us. And I'd ask you this morning that those that's hurting this morning without jobs that have lost loved ones because of this virus, Lord, put your arms around them. Lift them up, Lord Jesus. God, your grace is so sufficient. But God, if they don't know you, where is the grace? You still love them, but God, let them, give them the unction to reach out, Lord Jesus. Give them comfort, give them peace. God, you're awesome, God. As I said in the beginning, I'm so undeserving to even call out your name. God, thank you for just letting me be a part of your kingdom, a little part, an insignificant part, Lord Jesus. Thank you for my family and the protection of them. Thank you for my church family, Lord Jesus. God, so graceful am I that you've given me a family beyond my name, family, Lord Jesus, that I can, I can back my back up to them and they can straighten me up when I need it. And God, so often do I need it. Forgive me when I fail and come short of your grace and glory. For it's in your precious Son's name I do pray. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Thank you, Bobby. <coughs> the fifth thing that, um, that I saw in these proclamations was for our schools. They actually asked for us to pray for our schools to be under God's nurturing care. 
that our children would be taught to love God and live in His likeness. For teachers to have wisdom, patience, and loving discipline, and to pray for any present needs. And so this morning we're going to pray for that. And I've asked Chris to uh, Chris Pope to pray for that this morning. So Chris, if you'll be coming, and I'll read you what it says in the 1777 proclamation. It says, God, we ask that you would take schools and seminaries of education that are so necessary for cultivating the principles of true liberty, virtue, and piety under His nurturing hand. And so there again we see that the request was, God, take our schools and, and our, He called them seminaries of education, that they are necessary for cultivating principles of liberty. You know, unfortunately, in our schools today, we don't cultivate much of a, a principle of true liberty. Um, virtue, a principles of true virtue, that's not something we see a lot of in schools today anymore. Um, and piety under His nurturing hand. And so that's our prayer for our schools this morning. So Chris, whenever you're ready, go ahead. Let us pray. Dear God, I want to ask right now for forgiveness, God, of us taking you out of our schools. God, for allowing you to be removed from our schools. God, and I want to say thank you right now for the schools that are still honoring you and Amen. putting you where where you belong God and I just uh, I thank you for them I pray you just continue to give them the the strength and the courage that they need right now dear God dear God I want to just say thank you for the teachers God that, that taught me God the the teachers that I really didn't like in school God the ones that showed me discipline when I really didn't want to hear it Amen. and I just I thank you for them I just pray right now for for all of our teachers, God, um, that you would just continue to give them the wisdom and the discerned, God, for right and wrong. And I just lift them up to you, God. I lift up our our public schools, our private schools, dear God, our home schools, our colleges. And I just pray, God, that you would just continue to, to lead and guide them. And I just pray. I pray for our children, God. I pray that that our schools would be what you designed them to be, God, to be another light, God, to show your glory and to show, God, that that you are our only hope, God, that not our not our our schools, not our jobs, not our, our country, God, but you are our only hope. And I just pray for the teachers, God, that they they would be able to to show this to these kids, God. And I know there's a lot of kids, God, that the teachers are the only light that they see, and I just lift them up to you Amen. right now. God, I lift up our administration, God, uh, in our county. I just pray that they would seek your face in everything that they do. Again, God, we ask you just to forgive us, God, for where we failed you. And I just pray that we would look to you and, and, and do better in the future. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chris. <clears throat> and the last thing that uh, we'll pray for this morning as far as has been outlined for us in these proclamations is for our churches. They actually ask for our churches to grow spiritually and that our churches would be used to enlarge the kingdom of God in Christ. Mr. Uh, Chris Rochelle is going to come and pray for us on that this morning. As he comes, I'm going to read... Uh, the 1777 and 89 proclamation to you. This is what it says. We pray that God would prosper our means of religion. We pray for the promotion and enlargement of His kingdom, which consisteth in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And then in 1789, George Washington asked God to promote the knowledge and the practice of true religion and virtue. Literally, that we would be churches of people that are taught the Word of God accurately and that we live it out rightly. And so our prayer this morning is that God would grow our churches spiritually and that, um, that all of this that we pray for begins with us, right? It begins with us and that He would use us to enlarge His kingdom as He leaves us here in this world. So, Chris, whenever you're ready. You know, whenever 
Kevin was talking to us this morning, we were kind of going over this proclamation. One thing that kept coming to my mind was what did, what did God's people pray over God's people? And so it drew me to a Wednesday night class that we were, a Bible study we were having in the book of Ephesians where Paul was praying for the new believers for spiritual strength. And I can't think of a better time to pray for spiritual th- uh, strength than right now. Amen. You can get so lost in the uncertainty of the world that your, their, your hope starts slipping in the wrong direction. And you think everything's falling apart. And so I just want to read this to you real quick before I pray. Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knee from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He may take up residence in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. We can't even understand this love. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And here's the key. We stand up here and we're praying these things right now. I don't want it to just be lip service. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think. Everything we have asked for, if it is in God's will, will come to pass. That we have asked for in our prayers today. To him, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful that we have your attention right now. Father, we're so thankful that we can lift our concerns, that we can praise you, And that everything stops and you listen. Father, right now I lift the church, your church. I lift them up to you, Father. Father, I pray that we would have hearts and ears to be attentive to your word. I pray that we wouldn't be distracted by this world. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you didn't leave us here lost, that you gave us instruction. Father, I thank you for the truth in your word. Your word does not fail. Your word does not lie. Father, I pray that we would see the importance of this truth in our lives, Lord, that we would cling to your word more than we would cling to food to keep us alive. Father, I pray for a maturity in your people. Father, we know that um, solid food is for the mature. Lord, I pray that that we would be, um, that we would grow up. Father, we wouldn't just cling to these basics of christianity lord that we would want to dig deeper to know more who you are than we ever have in our entire life right now father i pray that this world would be able to look at us and see something totally different i i pray that we would be able to proclaim to live as christ in every one of our lives Father, I pray this world would see that we are on the only stable ground there is. They can see everything else sinking around them, Lord. I pray that they can see that we are on the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that your church would just trust your sovereign hand right now more than they ever have. Lord, I thank you for these times of uncertainty. Lord, because all we can do is cling to you right now. Amen. All we can do is trust your hand and what's going on. So no matter who is on the throne in the United States, Jesus Christ is on the throne. Amen. 
Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy on our lives. And thank you for loving us when we are clearly not lovable people. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 <clears throat> this, um, this is something that I believe that we don't do enough as churches. And so I hope that there's not a soul in here that would ever think that prayer is wasted time. I hope that you understand that um, we serve a living God, a God who hears us, a God who bids us to come to Him and cast our cares on Him because He cares for us. And so this morning, as I was studying this, I actually had a whole other message prepared that I may preach next week, I don't know. But I had a whole other message prepared that, that I was going to, to preach from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And, um, and then I was sitting at the table a couple of days ago. I guess it was Friday, I think, I was sitting there. And um, I just started doing a little research on, on Thanksgiving and where it come from. And I've done this before. We actually have done this pretty regular on our Wednesday night service before, before Thanksgiving Day. But I thought, what a better thing to do for this Sunday morning before you go out this week and, um, and get ready to celebrate your Thanksgiving holidays. I, I pray for, for most of you, if, it's, if, if you can, that you hadn't canceled your Thanksgiving. I know that um, many in this world have, and, and maybe for rightfully so reasons. I'm not trying to judge anybody or say nobody should have. But I pray that whoever you're with, wherever you are this Thanksgiving holiday, that you'll take some time to stop and remember. It wasn't as much about the turkey and the cranberries as it is about thanksgiving and prayer for our personal sins and bringing us back to God, our nation's sins and bringing our nation back to God, for our leaders, for our schools, for our churches, and I pray that you would take some time and, um, and you would spend some time in thanksgiving and prayer. You know, Lord willing, one day we'll have a leader that will be able to go back and see what it used to be and maybe really call the nation together for a single purpose. Now granted, unfortunately, I don't believe we live in a Christian nation anymore. I'm sorry. Um, I believe that we are the minority right now. But it is my prayer that we can be the light that shines in the midst of this darkness and that because of our thanksgiving and because of our prayers that God truly can turn this thing around. And as Chris Rochelle read, I couldn't have picked a finer scripture than he did. He is able to do far more abundantly than all we could think or imagine or ask he is able and so we come together and we pray and I hope this is not the last time you'll pray for these things if you're available on Wednesday nights we pray for these things pretty regularly <laughs> we pray for these we get in our knees on that altar and we uh, and we pray hard for these things every Wednesday night and it is my prayer that if you're able to get with us weekly and pray with us we'll continue to pray for these things and we'll continue to seek God for ourselves and for our nation but as I said before I just pray that you, you're this morning you're brought back to the purpose of Thanksgiving I thank each and every one of you who participated in this and um, and I just hope that as the scripture said rejoice always rejoice always be thankful in all circumstances and pray without ceasing because this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And if we do those things, I don't see where we can get it wrong, do you? Amen. If y'all would, stand this morning. <clears throat> you know, I'm just curious. Is there somebody this morning that says, Hey, Pastor, I just feel led to close us in prayer this morning. Vance, come on. Vance is going to close us in prayer this morning. <clears throat> I love you. I pray you have a wonderful week. And again, give God all the thanks. He's the only one that deserves it. He's our only hope. Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now just to, I want to thank you for this family. Father, I just want to thank you for the way that they think. 
that they would call each and every one of us together to pray for the same things. And Father, as we go out this week, um, Father, I just ask that you know each day we remember your blessings. We also remember that you are our shepherd, and I shall not want. I'm to be content. Two, two, chap- two verses before the T-shirt verse in Philippians 4, we're told that we're to be content under no matter what the circumstances are. Father, we pray for your will upon our life, and Father, we thank you for the blessings that you've gave us, that you've gave us through this nation, the blessings upon our lives. Father, we just thank you for being the United States of America. Father, we thank you for our leaders, even the ones that we disagree with. We thank you, and Father, we trust you in those decisions. Right now, I just want to come to you and just just lift up my hands and say thank you for your will and your sovereignty. I pray these things in the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.